Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to Show Me How Good It Gets. I'm your host, Malvika. people good morning good afternoon good evening wherever in the world you are i am so glad we get to spend the next half an hour or so together thank you for clicking play on this episode i always feel so immensely grateful when i see how many people listen to each episode and give me feedback and tell me their thoughts there's something so intimate about this platform specifically of like being in your ears while you're washing the dishes or folding laundry or in the car or on a walk um and a lot of people in my life like my friends who listen to my podcast will tell me it feels like talking to me on the phone and that's I think like a really special thing about podcasting it feels so different than any other medium it feels like we're right there together having a conversation and this is maybe like a more vulnerable and intimate episode so I feel very lucky that you're here with me And I usually start off my episodes by being like, I hope you're doing well wherever you are. But chances are, if you click play on this episode, you're going through it. You are in a rut, you're in a slump, and I'm so sorry. And like, I've been there, God, I've been there. And I'd actually drafted this episode over a year ago. And by drafted, I mean, like, had some bullet points on the feelings of going through a breakup, the stages, the advice I had. And at the time, it felt like not the right time to release it because of whatever reason. And recently, I've been getting so many DMs asking for a breakup episode. And now also really doesn't feel like the right time to release it for me because I'm not going through a breakup. I actually feel so detached from the feeling of heartbreak that it almost feels like wrong for me to be putting out a breakup episode at this time because I feel like so chipper and hopeful and and not in that slump that you are right after a breakup. But I thought like maybe that is an even better reason for me to record right now to tell you, yes, you can be in the depths of hell, you can be going through it and you'll reach a point where it just feels so far away and you feel so okay and so yourself again And I've been there. I've been in that, like, you wake up for a second, you don't remember what happened, and then you remember, and you feel your face, and your face is puffy, and you just feel so sad and hopeless, and I I want you to tell you, I've been there, I've felt those feelings, and then I've been totally fine. And it takes time, but maybe this is a more hopeful way of looking at it than being right in the thick of it with you. I released an episode a while ago called think dealing with upheaval or loneliness and I also think that can be a really helpful post-breakup episode Um, and that was during a time where I was also feeling very lonely not because of a breakup just because of a move but I think those are pretty similar feelings and maybe this episode will be different because I'm here I'm telling you oh my god life gets so good again you feel like yourself again it's all gonna be okay but those feelings are also totally valid and let me also say i have almost in my head these levels or categories of breakup 
And let me tell you, I don't think I've ever actually articulated these, but level A is like long-term, no one cheated, it ends. Level B is long-term and someone cheated. And I think that you have to grapple with in, in a different sort of way. Level C is like around a year or under a year. It ended because of an identified incompatibility or you didn't want the same things or someone moved. Level D is this hyper-passionate few months that were defined but just fizzled out. And then level F is a situationship. And I say that because I think you have to deal with the loss of a situationship differently than the loss of a breakup because what happens with this undefined sort of nebulous relationship is that it's so easy, I think, for our brains to fill in the gaps of who someone was or who someone is. Do you know the quote that that's like, crushes always cancel themselves? That's kind of how I feel about it, where if you get to know a person well enough, you are going to be able to identify imperfections and incompatibilities and then kind of hone in and like latch onto those to use that to get over the person. Not tell them, of course, but in your own head, use that to get over the person or get over the relationship or what didn't work about the two of you together or that person. But there's something so sinister about a situationship ending because your brain fills in these gaps and you start imagining them as this kind of perfect person. You almost put them on a pedestal when a situationship ends. And I've seen this with so many people where after it ends, they're like, oh my God, but we would have been perfect together. Like imagine us holidaying in Aspen next year. It's like this person, I mean, you're just making it up. You're kind of going down this what if rabbit hole. And this person, do you remember about this person? Like they wouldn't like that. Or do you even know certain things about this person that would let you imagine a future with them? I don't know. You don't know how they would treat you in a relationship. You, I mean, and if the person hasn't even chosen you or you haven't chosen the person in this undefined nebulous sort of thing, I don't know what makes our brains think it would be like so perfect in this other way. Anyways, that's why that's level F. I do think you have to deal with that differently. I think you have to sit with your friends over dinner and say, fly high, my king, and we're not going back there and we're looking forward and we're not going down that what if rabbit hole. I think that is like the most dangerous situation you can get your dangerous in quotes situation you can get yourself in with a situationship ending is just like imagining only the good things and playing the highlight reel in your head which is like a very specific highlight reel of only the cocaine phase of a relationship which is like the the really giddy beginning months where you want to be around this person all the time and it's so like magical and I think the power with an actual romantic relationship ending is you've also or like a long-term one ending is you've also seen how it feels post quote-unquote cocaine phase i call it cocaine phase because actually our brain chemistry mimics doing a drug in those early stages with a new person when it's like heated and they're all you can think about etc okay All right, now we're going to get into the stages of getting over a breakup. And I have to say, I do just like kind of love breakups. I think there is something so transformative about them. So as I'm talking through the different pieces of advice I have for the different stages of a breakup, I need you to do this with me. It's going to be so corny. It's going to be so cheesy. But imagine... Stage one, you're a caterpillar. You you know where this is going. But I really think this is like 
a helpful way of looking at it. Okay. Stage one, you are in mourning. Okay. After a relationship ends, you're going to cry. You're going to wake up in the morning and have this like second of peace before it all hits you. It's going to suck. There's no two ways around it if you've had a painful breakup. Sometimes at the end of a relationship, you are so relieved when it ends and you immediately skip to the butterfly stage and mostly you don't. And I've had a relationship where I skipped directly to the butterfly stage and I can talk about that at a later time, but usually with a painful breakup, you are gonna be so sad. And if you've broken up with a person for whatever reason, that doesn't always mean you're not gonna be sad. And because you're sad doesn't mean it was the wrong decision. And I think we often conflate the two, but I've had so many friends who made the brave decision of leaving a relationship, were sad, went through all these stages, and at the end were like, God, I'm so glad I made that decision. All right. The thing is, in this stage, you can really take advantage of the fact that you've just gone through a breakup. So talk about it with your friends. Really beat it to death. You know, text your friend, be like, I... I'm going through it. I need time with you. Cry in front of your friends. Get it out of your system. I would almost say like batch your crying. You know, if you want to have a good evening, maybe like spend time with a friend in the afternoon. Be like, I just need to talk about this. Look through the photos. Cry it out. And then you almost reach a wall where you just have no tears left for it anymore. So really let the first stage be your crying, your feeling sorry for yourself stage. I think you only get a couple days to feel sorry for yourself, but after then, you are going to write about it, you're going to journal, you're going to write letters you don't send, you're just going to externalize it as much as you can. If this is your first breakup ever, it is going to hurt even more, okay? But I say this all the time, I think your first breakup creates heartbreak antibodies. Like, nothing's ever going to do that to you again, because the first time I think you love so hard you're like loving without you know in bowling you get those like guardrails things you're loving without those and you almost don't know like how bad it's gonna hurt so you're loving really hard and then it's gonna hurt like hell i know i'm making it just sound horrible but i promise once you get through that every next breakup you're gonna be like i know you get through it i know how it feels but i know i make it out you almost develop this like trust with yourself and this language with yourself on what to say, what to do, what helps you get over it. So if this is your first, it's going to suck extra. But know that you are creating those antibodies, okay? You have to block the person or, like, go no contact. This first stage, you can't still be best friends with them, talking to them, leaning on them for emotional support. Like, that's why you have your friends. This person cannot be part of your healing journey, whatever. Even if you're like, no, we're best friends, like we have to stay. No, if you were meant to be friends, you'd be friends later, later down the line, not in your caterpillar stage at all. Okay, then we have, oh, oh, I missed a bullet point in my notes here. (laughs) I wrote, you have to go, no contact, I'm not kidding. Feel the feelings. And I think my most important note in this stage is take it hour by hour. Don't think, oh my god, how am I going to get through Valentine's Day next month? Take it hour by hour to say, what do I have to do today? What do I have to get done by lunch? Really let yourself sit in it. It's going to be fine because eventually you get to stage two. Stage two is also not the best. You still have those like 
juvenile hormones from being a caterpillar, okay? But here's what you're going to do. You're going to have a routine and you're going to stay busy. I think a lot about how important it is to plan social things for yourself and plan them in advance and think about the moments in your week that you get the saddest or those like pangs of loneliness for me post breakups it was like often weekend mornings so I would plan things with my friends to do during those times so you kind of have to prepare ahead of time for the times you're going to be saddest or like Maybe after a party on a Friday night, you're going to be sad. So you tell your friend, like, we're going to go get pizza after this party. You have to plan for your own happiness. Okay. I will say this stage, I mean, also the first stage is great for music, but the second stage is so good for music. Okay. But in in both the first and second stage, you really want to lean on art. Like, I think no songs ever hit as hard as like a breakup song right after a breakup like oh my god it'll do things to you emotionally you've never really understood before I think this is the time where you're like watching movies you're making good playlists you're really like in touch with your feelings in this completely different way and make a good breakup playlist like I've gotten such good playlists together maybe I should share those um and I have like different moods I have like a post-breakup hype playlist. I have a post-breakup kind of sad playlist, but I, I think that's like an important part of the stage. Like this stage has a soundtrack, okay? You're going to go on a lot of walks, and I know if you live in a really cold place in like the winter, this is really, really tough, but I do think walks are such a good way, again, to kind of externalize. You listen to a podcast or you go with a friend, and it's a good time to just not think about it. And there's something about walking, which is like, you feel like you're moving ahead. I think it's really, really good for you. Okay. A lot of people also use stage two to like hop in the gym. You know, I think (laughs) breakups are a great gym motivation. Um, I also have a friend who like, this is not a breakup related thing, but anytime a guy cancels on her, she goes to the gym. And I think that's a good rule too. Okay. Have a friend you text everything to. I know a lot of people had their partner be their like number one person they texted they were like the pinned contact anything that happens you eat a really good sandwich you're like oh my god I have to tell this person choose a friend or a few friends and tell them like hey anytime I get the pang the urge to tell my ex this or like to want to text them I'm going to text you instead and I know it sucks because you're like okay but they're not going to respond the same way my ex did but I still think it's an important practice. And sometimes you can tell your friends, like, I want you to respond like this. Like, I had this tradition with my ex and, like, I really need you to kind of, like, fill this for me. Like, I, I, can you text me good night? Can you text me good morning? I think if you have good friends, you can totally lean on them for this reason. Okay. Maybe you can also do this with a friend. Make a list of everything bad in the relationship or things that didn't work or things that frustrated you or kind of icked you out. Make that list, keep it as a note on your phone, maybe lock it, and anytime you're feeling really sad or late at night, you want to text this person, go read that list. I'm serious. I know it sounds like toxic advice, but this works. And I think this is really hard if you guys ended for a reason outside of your control, like if one of you is moving and you feel like there's nothing bad to write on this. I think it's definitely easier if like 
they cheated or they were really horrible. And I think breakups with nice people and good people are often harder for that reason. But I think you will be able to find things that icked you out, at least at a minimum. Okay. You, this stage is also really great for writing. Like write letters you don't send, journal as much as you can. Don't go down the why spiral or the what if spiral. And I I just think like the why is not a very productive route to go in your head. And then I have maybe the most important thing. And okay, this huge caveat, you still have to say no contact in stage two, okay? And in stage two, I think the most important thing is no internet stalking. And this is hard. This is really hard. But I need you to block, to unfollow, to mute. And every time you go to that little Instagram button, clicking search, I want you to have the self-control and the discipline to say no. Not my monkeys, not my circus anymore. I'm not going to do that. And this is hard, right? And maybe you can have some sort of practice with yourself of every time you want to do that, you do something else. Or you text a friend or you call a friend. But this is just so bad because it sets you back okay instead of going forward to the butterfly you're going to go back to the caterpillar towards the end of stage two you start cocooning okay i know i'm overextending this metaphor but stay with me right this like chrysalis stage if we will this like stage two and a half you only get here if you were not doing the internet stalking and i think we have this culture almost of like someone is always winning a breakup and maybe like in a post cheating or in a really toxic situation that's normal but i really want you to challenge yourself to not frame it like that and i think the only way you cannot frame it like that is if you're really not checking up on them even if things ended well i think it's so fair to during the breakup say like i'm gonna unfollow you on everything so i don't have to worry about you know what you're doing where you're going what, who you're with, you know, and I also think you should block, specifically block, because you also shouldn't be posting thinking, like, how is my life looking to them? I think that's a really tough spot to be in, because you don't want to be doing things that are just, like, appearing sexy online. You kind of want to make your life sexy, like, you want to feel like your every day is so good and not how it's looking but how it actually is and i think the second they're still following you or anything you really lose that aspect of the growth and again stage two and a half this is like a tricky place to get to because you have to do stage two perfectly to get here but i really believe you guys can make it to chrysalis okay i'm gonna get so much hate for this metaphor listen just stick with me sometimes post breakup you need like the corny cheesy analogy okay in this part in stage two and a half go listen to my episode about 30 things you can do to make you more attractive and to make life fuller because i really think all of those are so applicable here to create your dream life for yourself i want you to start meeting new people and not romantically i genuinely just mean Anyone you've been meaning to reach out to, you can reach out to. I I say congratulations on your breakup to people. Obviously, not when they're mourning, but like in later stages. Because here's the thing, our only limited resource on this earth is time. And post 
a breakup, you get so much time. All this time and energy you were spending with that person or on that person, you can suddenly put in yourself. And that's why this like chrysalis thing I'm talking about, so important because you're suddenly giving yourself all the things you gave this person. This like love and joy and time and intention. And this is so special. I want you to go around and have your green light on. What is What does that mean? You know how like we will go into rooms and we will look at our phone, we'll have our headphones in and we're just not engaging with the world? I want you to do the opposite. I want you to walk into rooms with your head held high, good posture, your phone away because that's a defense mechanism and smile at people, say hi to people, compliment people. You're going to meet so many people. And like if there have been friends you've been meaning to reach out to, to connect with, go on a lunch date with, shoot your friend shot, reconnect with old friends. This is the part where you're just, you're watering your own garden and you're watering yourself. And that's when you get to stage three. And this, you're a butterfly. You're suddenly, look at you, you're learning to fly. You're a butterfly. And this does not mean you're not going to still think of this person. I have this analogy, which I'm going to tell you now. Again, God, this is going to be full of analogies because that's what you need post-breakup, okay? Imagine there is a box with a ball in it and it's like a bouncy ball and it's hitting all the corners of this box, okay? At the beginning, post-breakup, this ball is really large and the box is very small. So the ball is like constantly hitting corners of the box. With time, the ball gets smaller and smaller and the box gets bigger and bigger and every now and then the ball will still like hit a corner of the box, right? But it happens less and less frequently and it's less and less painful. So you're still going to think about this person or this relationship, but you, it'll happen less frequently and you'll feel a little more detached from it with time. And I'm not giving you any timelines because it's going to be so different for everyone, but you're going to get here. Inevitably, the ball will get smaller and inevitably the box will get bigger because you're going to create a life for yourself of such richness and fullness, okay? When you do think of this person, here's a good exercise. You get up and you physically move your body. This externalization is really helpful. So you're sitting down, you're about to go down a rabbit hole or you're going down like a Y spiral. You get up and you physically move to a different room or you take a walk or you go to the gym or you go do your dishes. I don't care what it is, but you're going to physically move your body. And also in this stage, I want you to make a list of what you want in your future person. And this is just a list for you, okay? So you can get like really woo-woo manifesty with it if you want. You can get really shallow if you want. No one else is reading it. But everything you want in a person, you're going to write that down and you're going to keep that note on your phone. Because I really, really do believe in the powers of like writing things down and just knowing what you want and asking for that from the universe. It's almost like a little show me how good it gets. Okay, that is my breakup episode. This is my how to get over breakup slash, I kind of want to title it congratulations on your breakup, but I don't know how that's going to be received. But you'll know when you're listening to this what it's titled. All right, thank you guys so much for listening. I hope this was helpful at all if you're going through a breakup yourself know that you will come out the other end like I don't know if I should give you examples but I 
went through a breakup now several years ago with someone I loved, L-O-V-E-D, loved. And we went to a really small college, so I had to see him every day for the next several years. And if I could get over that, you can get over anything, I promise. Okay, I love you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Shoot me a DM if this episode did anything for you. If you want more like this, um, I'm really proud of you. Bye-bye. And that's a wrap. Thank you guys for hanging out with me and listening to this week's episode. If you want more, follow at Show Me How Good It Gets podcast. I read all the DMs I get on there. And then my personal Instagram account is at MalvikaBot and my TikTok is at MalTalks. If you're listening on Spotify, please leave us a rating, preferably a five-star rating. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, I hope you can write us a fun little review and write us there as well. Once again, thank you guys for hanging out. See you next week. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.